Hey, everybody. Patty and I have a great episode for you today talking about the future of in-person payments. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it's really interesting. I, I you know, this podcast actually came about, uh, Patty, I mentioned it in the episode, but I, I actually read an ebook that was on this website from AB, the, the company right. we're talking to here. And it was so fascinating to me that I was like, wow, I didn't really think about the future of in-person payments, but it is mm-hmm. such a blocker with a lot of the ways it's done today. And so uh, right. some really interesting insights in this one. And then, uh, uh, Patty, tell us about the insiders. Uh, the insiders report is really interesting in terms of what's going on with PayPal and the courts. And then, of course, your question from the field, it was a little bit, maybe a little bit self-serving, but Very I know you so. want to tell everybody about it. Uh, yeah, it, was a, it was a plug. It was a plug for the ISO Alliance. Spoiler alert. Uh, I do make some interesting points in there about this evolution of getting ISOs to become more uh, tech-centric. Right. Uh, but again, uh, isoalliance.com is what we're talking about primarily there. Um, before we jump into the episode, I do want to mention uh, that AV is not a sponsor, a paid sponsor, advertiser, consulting client, any of the above. Um, it might seem like it in the interview towards the end because I'm asking so many questions about it, but honestly, it's more from a place of I wanted to understand what they do. Right. And right. I wanted our audience to understand what they do because I just find it really interesting. But yeah, they're not a paid sponsor or anything like that. So with all that being said, let's dive into our interview today. Welcome to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Hey, everybody. We're here with Alex Benjamin, who is the head of global business development uh, over at a company called AV. How are you doing today? Doing well, James. How are you? Doing fantastic. Uh, so today, the three of us are going to talk about the future of in-person payments. Very interesting topic. Um, I have to tell you, Alex, before we jump into this, I hugely enjoyed reading the ebook that you yeah. guys, who, I forgot who wrote that on your team. Um, I think it was Martin Herlinghouse. He's great. Yeah. So for anybody at the at the end of this, we'll give some links or whatever that they can go to the, the website. But uh, that was one of the more insightful things I've actually read about the payments industry. It was pretty, uh, pretty, pretty in-depth actually, but it was really good. So um, I'm excited to talk to you about this kind of evolution, how, how this, this change in in-person payments is going to impact ISVs, ISOs, acquirers, et cetera. So before we get into the rest of that though, give us your story a little bit, Alex, how did you get into this crazy industry? And then how did you end up doing what you're doing now? Yeah, so it wasn't necessarily by choice. Um, first job out of college, I started working for BB&T Bank, uh, being a regional merchant sales consultant. And, you know, in the purest payments way, I was knocking on doors, selling to small businesses. Right. So I, I had a real appreciation for kind of what they were looking for. We were selling Linux-based terminals. Um, and it was just, it was a pricing game, right? Um, right? And from there, I sort of built upon that experience. I got into national sales. Um, I think I was pretty early on in the integrated payment space uh, with some payments companies. Uh, and then eventually I was on the global aspect of payments where I switched into e-commerce where things were a little bit more dynamic, right? With alternative payment types, post checkout, uh, different localization requirements. Um, and eventually I ended up at AV specifically because I saw kind of what they were doing in the payment space. They were actually the first creators of the Android smart terminal for the central bank of australia and personally okay. just being kind of a technologist and you know having an appreciation for some of these things and advancements in the space i kind of you know wanted to be involved in it and i've been with av for about four and a half years now uh in a variety of different roles both from a technical side uh and business development side and so now i'm responsible for business development across north america and europe which is exciting so just if I can quickly, um, you talked about Australia. My now AV uh, world headquarters is in the UK, correct? Yeah, that's correct. So have you just sort of entered the U? Are you just entered? You know, in the last four years, have entered the US market? 
Yeah, I would say for the last four years, uh, we went okay. from Europe to the U.S. Most people go from U.S. to Europe. Right. Uh, but, but that's <laughs> been our progression. Right. Well, Alex, that's awesome. So when we look at kind of zooming out here and we look at in-person payments, you know, obviously our audience, we have kind of these ISOs, agents, even ISVs and some of that out there. But what should they expect to see with in-person payments? How are they going to see these changes over the next, I don't know, 12, 24, 36 months? What do you see changing in, in that way? Yeah. So I feel like there's a transition from your Linux-based terminals to Android-based terminals to becoming sure. more affordable, more flexible. And they right. can offer, you know, dynamic features and functionality. And so when I think about the small ISO or the guy selling to a small business, you know, I think there has to be a specific profile and persona that they're targeting because it's not necessarily going to be about, hey, I can save you money here. Hey, my servicing's better. I'm there for you because these small business owners have heard that message before, right? And right. so what they really need to do is develop an understanding of the types of businesses that they're walking into. Uh, and the types of solutions that can help that specific business run more efficiently uh, in some manner outside of payments with payments being organic to the conversation, right? And mm -hmm. so what I'm seeing is these salespeople or small ISO shops uh, partnering with added value software solutions um, that have, let's say, the all-in-one factor on the payment terminal so they can still stay true to, let's say, their core uh, revenue streams but also provide you know, a flavor on top of that that is unique compared to the next person that's going to be calling them, knocking on their door probably 24 hours later. Um, and so I think they really need to understand their role and who they're targeting and also have an appreciation for if you're going for a business with a little more complex needs or higher volume in payment processing, maybe the solutions you have control over aren't the right fit for them. And there's nothing worse and putting a merchant with a small business solution that is not the right fit. Right. And that's where I think there's an expectation of having third-party software partners finish, you know, the last mile of the sale, right? Mm -hmm, because you mm -hmm. can't be everything to everyone. And I think there just needs to be a shift in that mentality to understand who you're a good fit for, what you could solve for in-house, and then also what you can refer to your third-party software partners so that those solutions are truly adding value to their business and not necessarily being detrimental to the business. Mm. Yeah, good advice. Um, well, I like that too. It's a really good segue because, you know, the next question I had for you is when we look at these vertical specific ISVs, right? Yeah. Um, they've basically taken over the card not present world. You know what I mean? Um, no matter what it is, there's, you know, there's an ISV for you out there. But what's been interesting to me is they haven't actually been as successful in the card present environment. You know, you have your, you have your big ones, you know, you have your square and your toast toast being the, maybe the exception of the rule there, right. Is vertical specific, um, but right. you've got, you know, square, you've got clover, right. But it's like, they're, th th it's not like they're taking over these niches, you know, of, of dominating in that way. Um, yeah. and, and I think a really, a big part of that is that the card present kind of hardware software solutions that are out there just aren't as easy for the developers to figure out what to do with. So I'm curious, how do you see that changing, you know, or in the future and, and specifically even with what AB is doing? I know that you're, you're really focused on that. Yeah. So the issue with the card present world is that there's literally no standardization with integrations. It's a fragmented ecosystem of hardware vendors, payment applications, gateways. And so if you look at what it takes to be in the card present world, you are essentially taking multiple solutions to equal one end experience for, let's say, the merchant, right? 
And so for an ISV, they have to partner with the payment company. They have to partner with the gateway. They have to have a specific device of choice. And all of those things essentially just create a bottleneck, right? From an experience standpoint, and it also is intensely capital intensive, right? In the sense that right. they have to procure the hardware and they have to maintain integrations where in the digital world, it's much easier to maintain the integrations because you're not dealing with mm -hmm. a hardware component, right? right. Um, and so that introduces a ton of complexities. I think that introduces a ton of friction. Um, and specifically what AV solves for is we consolidate the entire value chain of in-person payments from the payment gateway to the device management to the software and payment application on the terminal. So it provides one standardization layer so that that ISV that wants to grow up and be their own Clover, be their own Square, they can do off-device integrations or they can put the solution on the device and have an all-in-one product. And so we sort of create harmony within that ecosystem. And I think generally all the hardware vendors today, not by choice, are you know, pieces of plastic, they're certifying their kernels and everything that associated with it. And then you have those other layers on top of it for these ISVs to connect into. And it's a different integration, no matter where you're connecting into, and you have to be married to everyone, right? And mm -hmm. so it's very difficult uh, to grow the business. It's very difficult to maintain the solution uh, under that infrastructure heavy uh, components structure. And that's something that I think is, you know, kept the non-capital, um, capital the companies that have high, you know, a lot of money to invest in the technology. It's right. kept them from moving forward and advancing. And that's why you see the big companies like Clover, Toast, Square, right? We all know they have money. They're worth billions of dollars and they are able to manage this in their own way. Whereas if you kind of fall below the line and you don't necessarily know the right solutions to partner with, then it becomes, you know, a very, very steep hill to climb. Uh, and keeps you from bringing progress and making making things advanced. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. So, okay, how about as we move forward? You know, obviously, your your experience has shown you some you know some good things and some bad things. You know, there's going to be some ISOs that adapt, some that don't. You know, I'm wondering what you're seeing today from both wholesale and retail ISOs um, in terms of those that are making the right strategic moves. Um, to do well in 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 terms of inter in person payments. Excuse me, that was a little bit of a tongue twister for me. <laughs> anyway, yeah. what changes do you think they're embracing? So I think uh, you know we like to put it in one category called the evolution of the ISO, right? And that evolution customer can be a large ISV, uh, and a wholesale ISO, a retail ISO, a payfac, right? And mm -hmm. these evolution customers are investing in modernizing their technology, right? right? Modernizing the technology can come sure. into many forms. It can come into bringing in, let's say, your class A products that you get from TSIS instead of, you know, saying, hey, I want to use this payment terminal connected to Sierra. Uh, it's, hey, I'm going to use my payment terminal with my gateway and I own the devices. So if I ever want the flexibility to go directly to Visa and MasterCard in some future state, I have that flexibility. If I ever get acquired by XYZ, you know, processor that's coming into the US, I have that flexibility, right? So I'm looking at these companies evolving in a way where they have taken for granted these plug and play solutions that mm -hmm. solve for problems and process payments and realize that they need to have more control over their destiny. And the only way you can actually do that 
is if you start bringing pieces of that value chain in house and right. investing in that stack. And today it's just about a reseller stack for these companies, right? Mm -hmm. And they're realizing mm -hmm. that that reseller stack is not modular, it breaks. Um, and that reseller stack is going to solve for your short-term problems, but it's actually actually not going to solve for your long-term problems, no matter how you, know, you go to market. Um, and I think that's what they're realizing. And so they're evolving and I think they're preparing for the future. Uh, I mean, you're seeing these big banks like Bank of America break off of Fiserv, right? That's common knowledge. I think that's started the trend uh, for the future of the space. And you see a lot of retail and wholesale ISOs thinking about kind of those paths as well. So what is what is AV doing in terms of, you know, where do you fit into the in-person payments ecosystem? So we specialize 100% uh, in in-person payments. And I look at us... Um, as consolidating the entire value chain, right? So everything from endpoint management to the data, to the payments and transaction management, uh, we control it all, right? So we have a payment gateway, we have a payment application connected to that gateway, and then the actual device management is controlled through a single unified platform, right? And so what we do is we allow our customers to white label this technology stack, streamline their operations, and have the flexibility to go to different processors down the road, um, have the capabilities to build their own all-in-one solutions, uh, Clover-like competitors, Square-like solutions. These tools are enabled on the platform, and they also can have an ISV strategy uh, with our components to have semi-integrated capabilities. Mm -hmm. And we bring this all together under a single platform, and that mm -hmm. single platform allows data to kind of sit in this data lake that we have sitting alongside the platform okay. and really provide the ultimate, let's say, omni-channel experience so that that data can be populated into whatever, let's say, front-end console exists for our customers. And it can be truly a unified experience because if you look at the world that sits today that, let's say, is not using AV, they can provide a similar experience by you know combining multiple vendors mm -hmm. uh, with AV together. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, okay, I have to work nicely with you in order for this to work. Mm -hmm. You have to make sure they're maintaining their integration properly with right. us. It's all under one roof. Um, and we try to make it extremely easy to deliver an in-person payments experience. So a couple of follow-up questions, because I it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I really wanted to dig into this just because I, I think AB is, is just very interesting. It's a it's a really yeah. cool concept. Um, but I want to make sure that that my listeners understand this. So a couple of things I want to clarify. So number one, one thing I was thinking of when you were saying that, I mean, obviously, if I'm building an all-in-one solution, I'm, of course, going to also want to enable card not present payments, right? Like I'm, right. Uh, if I'm going to make a solution for a, a hair salon, I'm probably going to want to have online appointment scheduling that's not in-person. So are you saying that your APIs don't support that or it's just you focus on in-person, but you do have the card not present ability as well? So from an authorization perspective, we are not processing card not present transactions, but okay. we have the ability to essentially integrate, right, with these card not present solutions, right? So oh, okay. if it's kind of linking, like, you know, linking sort of um, the mid, right, with the card not present product, uh, doing appointment scheduling, you know, if there's an application download on the terminal, I mean, that's all living in the cloud regardless, right? So right. Right. just okay. the authorization path uh, that doesn't flow through our rails, um, but from an I experience see. perspective, it doesn't matter. So right. what you're kind of, if I could maybe reword that a little bit, I think what, if I, what I hear you saying is 
you have really unique rails for running authorizations with card present. There already are a lot of existing rails to authorize card not present, and you can tie those together through your solution. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, right. It's a blended approach in that sense. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. And so let's get really specific though. So I'm, a, I'm an ISO. I have, you know, I, I'm doing a hundred deals a month, mostly card present retail restaurant, right? Okay. Um, how exactly and why would I work with AV? And I'm assuming I need to have my own developers or an outside developer shop to do like, like what, what do I do? How do I work with you? Yeah. So there's two approaches. We have the quick and easy approach. Um, and that is what we call our starter pack, right? Which is what we've done is productize a portion of our platform to have an all-in-one solution. It's a lightweight point of sale on a seven inch Android device, right? And that particular ISO that's selling payments could potentially solve for, let's say a portion of their business, right? With the starter pack. Um, it's extremely affordable. It doesn't take a lot of configuring or platform deployment on our end, uh, but it, it's, you know, boxed in, right? To make it easy for, let's say, the retailers to sell uh, a very solu a solution that has a lot of depth to it, right? Mm -hmm. And the second option is to deploy our platform, right? And deploying our platform is a good fit for uh, wholesale ISOs, mid-tier ISVs um, that have, let's say, the ability to deploy a project almost in-house, right? Mm -hmm. People that have the ability to want to have a future of owning their own technology. Mm -hmm. um, and essentially, they're getting a device management system. They're getting a white-labeled gateway that they can build API wrappers around so that their third-party ISVs can integrate into it. And that's when, you know, more complex sort of needs in the payment space are introduced, right? So mm -hmm. a lot of the bells and whistles uh, that we offer start to open up when you're a platform customer versus let's say the starter pack customer, which is the quick and dirty solution. You can deploy it. Uh, you can white label the uh, point of sale on the device uh, and you can still sort of, you know, create your own identity in the market. So I would say those are the two clear paths in which people work with us here. But I think one of the other interesting things here, if I'm understanding it right, is that this is for, even if it's say the ISO that wants to do the starter pack, I mean, this is for that ISO that wants to own and, and kind of take responsibility for the tech as far as first level support, things of that nature. I mean, this is this would be their point of sale system that they're kind of white labeling right from AV and then they're supporting it. Is that accurate? Exactly. Yeah. We don't provide level one support. We do partner with Ovation uh, where they understand how to operate our platform. Okay, uh, in sure. some instances, but it really depends on their customers. So we give you the keys to the car, you're driving the car. Uh, and so that's that's our model. And, and that's generally why our brand necessarily hasn't been evangelized because everyone that's interacting with merchants, you know, like the squares and the clovers, right? They're going to market as their selves. With AV, we allow our customers to go to market as their brand where we're completely stripped away from the customer. So you turn on the terminal, it's their logo. The launching screen is their brand. Like right. the, that's the type of functionality we empower them with, um, you know, through our platform. Yeah, I love it. And that's why I wanted to dig in a bit more because we talk about a lot on the podcast that, you know, the this kind of evolution of the ISO becoming an uh, ISV, becoming a technology centric uh, provider, but we don't actually talk that often to the companies that are enabling that, you know, to happen. Right. And I, I view AV as a company that does that. So that's why I wanted to have you yeah. on today. So. No, I, pre I appreciate that. And, yeah. and that's definitely our identity, right? Yeah. Um, the identity can be, you know, the next Clover, the next Square, right? We provide all the tools to have that exact same experience, um, or you can continue to build your ISV strategy, or you can continue just to process traditional payments, right? Yeah. Uh, but key to that is controlling your own destiny. Mm -hmm. And that's something that our platform provides our customers.
Very cool. Last question along these lines, and, and then I, I definitely want to get some contact info from you. Um, but last question I have is about upstream integration. So like a big deal for obviously the ISO community is, you know, a lot of them have minimums with TSIS or Fiserv or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, yep. So what what do you have as far as upstream integrations right now? What does that look like? And maybe, maybe a roadmap? Yeah, so we're uh, certified on TSIS Sierra today. Um, we have a Chase tandem integration. Fiserv's coming online. Uh, shortly on the roadmap, uh, okay. and we're exploring other integrations in the U.S. If you want to go cross-border uh, in Europe, there's a handful of integrations there as well. Obviously, that's not going to be as relevant, but when we yeah. think about AV, um, we're very global, um, right. and so we have connectivity in a, a bunch of different regions. Awesome. Love it. Well, we're super interesting. Um, before we close out, though, for those that are interested and they want to learn more about this, where would you send them to learn more? Um, so I'm on LinkedIn, obviously, Alex Benjamin. Um, they can look at our website at av.com uh, and then alex.benjamin at av. Feel free to email me directly. Happy to have a conversation, um, even if it's just an exploratory conversation. You know, we might not yeah. be the fit for everyone, but I'm happy to kind of talk about the industry. Um, just something that excites me in general. And for, and those, uh, are, for those who yeah, aren't but... watching, it's A-E-V-I. That's how you spell AV. So. Yeah, good. So AEVI. And what did you say the website was again? It's a it's AEVI.com. Yeah, correct. Oh, okay, got it. Cool. Awesome. Well, Alex, thanks so much for the insights. Again, I really enjoyed the oh, you always guys that the ebook. I think if they just go to AV.com, isn't there a link right there somewhere? Yep. Yeah, okay. they can download it directly. Um, I can also send or yeah, download it directly yeah. or email. Have them me download it. Yeah, it's easier yeah, than you having to mail it. The my, email my marketing team will like that. Yeah, yeah. No, they, yeah. you really should have telling you, seriously, if, if you if you're actually now, you know, if you're just like high level, I mean, if you're actually somebody that enjoys the payments industry and you want to like think through some of the more complex uh, trends and things that are going on, um, head over to av.com and download that that free ebook. I, I actually found it uh, very fascinating. So well, then I'm going to download and I, and I don't, it. I don't say that often. I very rarely actually find yeah. it fascinating. So that's right. I was right. going to so say, that's why I'm going to download games. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is. So yeah, sure, sure that too with the, uh, the again, the author of it. It says Martin, right? His name? Yeah, Martin Hurlinghouse. He uh, created it. Tell, tell Martin that was, that was a nice job. That was pretty cool. So, all right, everybody. Cool. Hey, uh, thanks again, Alex, so much for your time today and sharing your insights. I appreciate it. Likewise. Thank you both. So, Patty, this particular podcast episode is brought to you by Hip. And so one of the companies with the coolest names, right? Of course. So <laughs> hipfinity.co is the website. It's a terminal provider. Uh, they also have the gateway solution as well. And, you know, really, I love what Lori has done there. Really what this yeah. came is her experience in the industry and her passion to support the small to medium ISOs, especially that level one support that uh, right. some of the providers have kind of gotten away from a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. and, and also the other thing is the support aspect of the push notification, which is the thing I wanted to talk about today in this, in this little uh, infomercial for the, the sponsor. Right. I talked about in the interview we did recently with Lori, but it's so cool that you don't have to reboot the terminal to push an update. You don't have to get the, the, the merchant doesn't have to push any buttons on the terminal to update. You just make a change, you save it on the back end, and it just pushes it to the terminal instantly with, with no action needed on their side. And then you get a little bell, like a, you've gotten, yes. you've got mail kind of got mail. You know? Yes. It dings. <laughs> and it's kind of like, it really startles you a little bit. Yeah. And I, I saw the know. demo and it did startle yeah. me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes it really yeah. cool because then the, the merchant, when that ding goes off, it's like, yeah, that was your terminal being updated. 
such a great experience, not only from the merchant, but also from an efficiency perspective for support. Yeah. So if you want to learn more about that, head over to hipfinity.co. Although it's a new company, it's built on a long established tech stack of terminal gateway solution that's, you know, top of the line and everything. So it's a really cool solution. Got some great dual pricing, cash discounting, surcharging stuff built in. So go check it out, hipfinity.co. And that's H-I-P-F-I-N-I-T-Y dot C-O. This is Questions from the Field, brought to you by ccsalespro.com, the leader in merchant sales training and technology. If you are an individual merchant sales professional, visit ccsalespro.com forward slash training to get a free 14-day trial of our all-access pass. If you manage a team of merchant sales professionals, visit ccsalespro.com forward slash ISO to learn how we can help you grow. And now, here is Questions from the Field with James Shepard. Patty, today in Questions from the Field, I want to do a little uh, personal plug, um, but okay. I also want to talk more broadly about this evolution. We just talked about a little bit of the ISO going from a payments company that offers technology Mm -hmm. and to a technology company that offers payments right right um so uh you know the reason i said i was going to do a little plug is for the iso alliance right so, uh if anybody wants to check out the iso alliance it is isoalliance.com uh let's see i'm trying to think of when this is going to air we may or may not have yeah we'll have this offer still so if you go to ccsalespro.com slash iso alliance there's a special landing page where we have a bunch of information that is a special offer for one month but the idea there is i have a passion for getting the isos together to help them be able to compete with the Toast and the Square and all these other companies out there and the vertical specific SaaS companies. And a big part of that is the collaboration and the brainstorming that needs to go into this that just isn't happening in our industry right now. And you know, I think, Patty, there's this decision the ISOs have to make, which is, are they going to continue to focus on competing with each other? Mm -hmm. Or a small sliver of a piece of the pie that's getting smaller every day Right. Or, or do we get together and instead fight back and become competitive with the big players that are entering? Right. Right. And in order to, you know, start growing the piece of the pie that we have access to. Mm -hmm. um, and so my my uh, belief and my passion, of course, is that we would do the second option. And I think it's important for ISOs to understand. And you know, I'm talking to the small medium ISO here. I mean, you know, when you look at the the upstream partners that you're working with, I mean, I don't care who it is. Right. And I'm you know, their focus has shifted to integrated payments. Oh yeah. No question. Right. And, and, right. and so, and unfortunately, and I, it's funny cause I had a really good conversation today with a company about this, but unfortunately there are very, very few of these large upstream uh, partners who have figured out how to bring the ISO agent world together with the integrated with payments. integration. Yeah. And what you're, what you're seeing, Patty, and I hate to say this, because I'm sure some people will be upset if you were saying this, but the truth is the vast majority of, you know, upstream partners for an ISO today, their strategy is make as much money as we can from the ISO agent world and invest all of that money into building ISV partnerships that are completely separate from the ISO agent world. Which isn't really totally off base from what they've been doing for years anyway. It's not. And and, and, and it's just clarify, another, it's just another pot it's going well, towards. Well, well and, to, and to clarify, I think it's the right decision. I mean, oh, I've, yeah, no I've question. been the first one but to the advise fact them to is, is, Yeah. But the fact is, is that, that there is that di dichotomy that right. ISOs and agents really need to be aware of and need to be planning for. Right. 
Right. Well, and what they need to yeah. do is they have to take responsibility for, you know what I mean? Like creating, mm-hmm. like you have to create your own technology company. You, you can't just lean on, right. well, my, my upstream partner, they're pretty good with tech. Well, well yeah, but, yeah, maybe, but that's not, that's not, their focus is not helping you to become you, a technology centered company. helping their own people. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the ISO Alliance I put together, I've been thinking about it for, for a year and I put the ISO Alliance together because I, I'm tired of, you know, I consult for just, you know, a, a relatively small number of companies. A lot of them are really large, but I like to work with the small ISOs to say, hey, let's let's number one, figure out how to get the basic operations of the business going, right? Make the right connections to the right upstream partners, the right technology solutions, whatever. Let's figure out the core. You know, we got to be able to recruit agents, train agents, manage them. So we have all these kind of core things, but then also we're going to be talking a lot about this transition. And so we do this with um, Mastermind. So we have a, a monthly uh, Mastermind, one-hour Mastermind, where it's you, nine other ISO owners or executives, and myself, where I'm going to be facilitating these conversations, talking about challenges, get it, sharing insights and ideas. Um, we have uh, uh, all kinds of resources. I've got consulting resources where I'm taking uh, strategy memos and things that I've done in the past and you know, re, you know, know, obviously remaking them, generalizing them, but making them available to uh, members of the ISO Alliance. Uh, every month we do marketing materials that are going to be branded with your logo and color scheme as a member of the ISO Alliance. We've got Charles Bashota as the legal counsel, and every month he does a 30-minute um, legal insight. We just did one on how to structure sub-agent agreements. Um, and then once a year, once we get past the first three months here, we're going to look for these 12 month members where we're going to also all get together at Nimical and it's a really cool, uh, five-star resort. And so we're going to get together there for a two day in-person event and just, you know, kind of furthering that collaboration. No vendors are there, no sponsors are there. It's just ISO. So, and, and so. It kind of reminds me of, of, of some of the smaller trade associations I used to work yes. with mm-hmm. in my earlier days. Yeah. Very you similar know, it, to that. Yep. It's a, it's just executives sitting around talking about, okay, how can we help each other without running afoul of the law and, right, you right. know, and still make our industry um, more competitive. Better. Yeah. Well, I think it's that. And then I think the other part that's interesting is where I'm putting the jet fuel behind it of my team. And mm-hmm. so, you know, my creative team is making marketing materials. I'm doing right. consulting stuff. So we're kind of like trying to bring collective resources to mm-hmm. all the ISOs yeah. to help them be competitive and then right. share connections and resources in that way as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited about it. So, again, if you want to check it out, if you want to see the grand vision for it, you can go to isoalliance.com. If you want to see what's happening right now in the special offer where you can just try it for a month and see if you like it, go to ccsalespro.com slash isoalliance. So, yeah, I just want to give a little plug on that one. But, uh, yeah, okay. I, think, uh, I think it's worth taking a look at if you got a multimedia myself this is the insider's report with patty murphy brought to you by the green sheet for nearly 40 years the green sheet has been the go-to source for news analysis and educational tools that empower and connect payments professionals if you're not reading the green sheet already check it out on the web today at www.greensheet.com Hello, James. From the Department of What's Good for the Goose is Good for the Gander comes news of a lawsuit against PayPal. This class action lawsuit alleges PayPal violates state and federal antitrust laws uh, through its uh, anti-steering rules. Um, It says that millions of consumers are paying higher costs due to PayPal's anti-steering rules. Um, It seeks compensation for consumers who overpaid for e-commerce items because of the policy and an injunction putting an end to what attorneys refer to as draconian rules. Now, PayPal's anti-steering rules dictate various aspects of of merchant checkouts uh, that inhibit the ability of consumers 
to make informed choices, the lawsuit alleges. The rules block merchants from telling consumers about less expensive payment options, um, any discounts or inducements that are given to consumers to lower costs are deemed surcharges on PayPal and thus prohibited. Hmm. The lawsuit was um, filed on August 5th by the law firm uh, Hagen's Berman in Federal District Court in the, for Northern Dis uh, District of California. In a press release, the law firm urged consumers who would use PayPal since 2019 to reach out hmm. um, to be part of this uh, this class action. Um, you may recall, if this sounds a little bit familiar, you may recall that the Department of Justice filed a similar lawsuit against Visa, MasterCard, and Amex back in 2010. Yeah. Um, both um, Visa and, Ma and, and uh, MasterCard immediately settled with DOJ. Um, Amex took it to a... Um, actually took it all the way up to the Supreme Court where right. it was upheld. It's its stand was upheld. Um, it strikes me that this, this particular case though, against PayPal is um, significantly more flimsy. I mean, for one thing, it's oh, not, I think being brought, so. not being brought by the DOJ. And plus I think it's a bit of a stretch to claim. Well, that it is, yeah, exactly. You know? you know, and it's like, it's being brought by a law firm that's notorious for bringing these class actions. Yeah, lawsuits. right, exactly. Like, what what possible reason could they have for filing this class action? <laughs> and especially, well, and my feeling is, is that especially given what the Supreme Court ruled in the Amex case, right? it's almost, you know, a, a, a done deal. But here's a couple of statistics that I thought were interesting. More than 400 million consumers use PayPal and Venmo, including 75% of Americans. Hmm. Nearly a million e-commerce sites accept PayPal, and the company claims it processes 41 million transactions a day. Wow, that's a lot. Wow, yeah. Goodness. I always love these lawsuits because you can, if you really want to like get into the weeds, you can find out all these little you know details, nitty gritty yeah. details about companies, but. That that statistic just kind of floored me. Yeah. I agree. I don't think this. I don't think this is going to go a whole lot. But I think they're you know making a big uh, play for um, reputational play, shall we say? Right. And I think that it could you know could hurt PayPal's reputation a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, it'll be very interesting to see how it all plays out. I'm sure you'll keep us in the loop on this one. I I, I personally, my prediction, this one, I think uh, PayPal is going to take it all the way and win this one. But that's just my. That's my prediction. We'll see. My prediction. I would agree with you, but let's find. Let's wait and see. Yeah. Well. Well. You know what? Also, they, they may decide it's not worth the legal battle, and they might settle. But uh, but we'll see. But one of the two. That's entirely <laughs> possible. Yeah. So, thanks, Patty. Sure thing. Thank you for listening to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Whether you are an industry veteran, processing executive, or just trying to learn about the payment space, we appreciate your time. The Merchant Sales Podcast is a joint production of Greensheet.com and CCSalesPro.com. And we hope you will tune in next week for more information and tips on building your merchant services business.